It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Monday. I hope the weather is a lot nicer where you are than it is where I am. Yesterday, it was hot and gorgeous, and, you know, you needed sunblock. Today, it's wet and drizzly and cold. Uh, It's just ridiculous. So I hope that wherever you are, you've got far better weather than we are having here in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. Happy Monday. Uh, I'm Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so as we talk soaps. If you want to call in to talk about uh, soaps this evening, do it now in the next half hour or so at 347-989-0685, because at 730, we're going to be joined by a very special guest. No, I'm not going to tell you who it is, not until it's time. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm kind of psyched. I've been trying to – I've wanted to do this for a while because I think the person is a lot of fun and uh, should be be a blast. Anyway, the thing we're going to start off with here at the top of the hour is uh, May Sweeps. We've just wrapped up May Sweeps. It's June 1st. I'm 95 days away from going on the Norwegian Gem, for those of you who are keeping track. uh, and I'm sure all of you are who wouldn't be. Uh, but, but, but June 1st means that we just wrapped up the all-important May sweeps ratings period. Uh, ratings were, so far, you know, we've only got ratings through about the first half of the month so far, and they're a little up and down all over the place for all of the shows, which isn't really surprising. That happens a lot. Uh, but I want to kind of run through and talk about some of the stuff, and I'd like to find out what you guys thought worked during May sweeps and what didn't. All of the soaps obviously had big things. The biggest surprise for me personally was uh, of the entire May sweeps period was the fallout from the uh, from Paige finding out about JJ and Eve's affair on Days of Our Lives. Not because it was unexpected, not because anything, you know, particularly uh, interesting came out of it, but because True O'Brien, who, I'll be honest, I have not been interested in Paige pretty much from the beginning. I thought she and J.J. were kind of cute. Uh, I like Casey Moss. I think he's a great, uh, talented actor. But I really – Paige always fell flat for me. And then all of a sudden they played this reveal, and True O'Brien comes roaring out of the woodwork and just absolutely, uh, absolutely blew me away. Uh, so, so for me, that was probably the highlight of May sweeps. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of other things going on on the day's canvas, but that was the one thing that really jumped out at me. Y&R, of course, we, we've spent a lot of May dealing with the, the murder, uh, the murders on the young and the restless. And it's certainly starting to look as if, uh, Marco, (laughs) Marco, Polo, Marco, AKA Jack's doppelganger, is the person responsible. I <laughs> thought the flashbacks today were interesting. I thought it interesting that this international Colombian drug lord who looks just like Jack Abbott, but nobody has ever noticed uh, that he had basically the same vocal intonations. Um, and why is 
why is Marco screaming out in Spanish when he's asleep at night, but when we flash back to him having scenes with his girlfriend, he's talking in you know pretty perfect English. Uh, so we had we had that going on there. Uh, that uh, is probably the biggest story on YNR, although the most interesting story for me on YNR continues to be sort of some of the uh, the the fallout and the the action around the Gabriel slash Adam story. I just I continue to think that Justin Hartley is probably one of the best hires uh, that that soap has made in a very very long time. I'm I'm I just think he's an incredible recast. I know there were a lot of people who vowed that they would never watch the show again when uh, Michael Muni was let go, uh, and I don't know. For all I know, maybe those people have never watched, and if so, I feel sorry for them because my, because uh, Justin Hartley has done a fantastic job. He'll also be appearing on uh, he'll also be appearing on Mistresses when it debuts. He'll be there for an episode or two. I'm very excited about Mistresses Return. I love that show. I know it's cheesy, bad summer TV, but I love it. You know I love my cheesy TV. Uh, I just I wish Mistresses wasn't coming back with a two-hour debut because I think that's a little off-putting for people. I think two hours of anything is a little off-putting. I mean, yeah, sure, I'll sit through two hours of The Bachelorette, but I'm going to record it, and I'm going to fast-forward through uh, all the boring stuff, you know, the dates. I just want to get to the drama. Um, the Bold and the Beautiful has to have been, in, in, for my money, the winner this month as far as – uh, May sweeps goes. I think the bold and the beautiful is just is just firing on all cylinders. Yes, I wish that Rick had had you know a little bit more of a reaction, but to me, good soap is when they are able to surprise you, but not in a way that is necessarily um, uh, completely out of bounds of believability. And you know, the fact is, they established that that, that that Rick and Maya are very much in love, and that that so to have Rick sort of um, accept it was 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 lovely. It was it was a lovely unexpected turn. We all thought Rick's head would explode. Uh, if there, I, I thought today's script with Rick and Maya discussing everything was fantastic. But the highlight of today's episode was really all of the history and great use of history during the scenes uh, between Steffi, Liam. Ridge and Eric. Uh, there's so, you know, one of the things that soaps do better than any other genre is use their history and 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 sort of um, even just in casual dialogue use it to layer, give extra layers to storylines and scenes as they're playing out. And that certainly was the case today on the Bold and the Beautiful during those boardroom scenes as this whole struggle for control of Forrester Creations has been underway. Oh. Oh, how can I forget? I'm sure at least half of you out there are like, Richard, I can't believe you haven't mentioned this. Something happened today on The Young and the Restless. Something I never thought would happen. Something I have advocated for, I'm going to say, years. I'm going to say even before I was on Twitter I was advocating for this, but it never happened. And then all of a sudden it happened, and my heart stopped because yak – Ace, a.k.a. Fake Jack, mentioned chemo. Chemo, can you believe it? You guys know. Okay, for those of you who don't know, um, chemo is Jack Abbott's son with Luann. It's a woman he met when he was in Vietnam. They had an affair. Jack left her behind, uh, and, and years later, she, came, she and her son chemo showed up in the United States, and for a while they had story, not for very long. Um, Christine Blair actually reunited them, and today they actually and and for, for for the longest time ever since chemo left the canvas they have not mentioned chemo never he like you know they'll, they'll have these whole scenes where jack is going on and on about how important family is and and i will always send out a tweet saying really jack it's that important why haven't you mentioned chemo and wouldn't you know it takes doppelganger jack to actually bring up chemo i also thought the young and the restless did something really fun today when they um they basically used, you know, Yak now knows Gabriel is actually Adam. And he went to meet with Victor, and he said, you know, oh, I know who uh, Gabriel's father is. And instead of, you know, spilling the beans, which I sort of 
thought they might because they seemed to rush this whole story point very quickly over the last couple of days. Instead, they had Yak claim that Jack is uh, Gabriel's father. And I thought that was just a brilliant way because it keeps that secret in Yak's pocket, gives him a little bit of power. One of the things you know if you've been paying attention to what's, uh, what's on the horizon over the next few months is uh, that the person known as Yak and or Marco is sort of going to prove to be a little bit of a wild card for Victor and hard to control. That's um, in our in our next issue. We have the summer preview, and that's one of the things it talks about is that Victor's roosters are sort of going to come home and uh, uh, come home to roost, so to speak, and that's part of it. Uh, if you want to chime in on our May sweeps, I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's three four seven nine eight nine zero six eight five. The interesting thing is, I have a whole, I have a whole queue full of uh, phone callers. Uh, ooh, uh, but my queue is doing some weird things, and I can see in the, uh, I can see that in the chat room, people are saying that they're having difficulty. I'm hoping you guys can hear me uh, and that we're not having technical difficulties. Wouldn't that just be exactly how my life goes, is that all of a sudden, you know, that that, uh, tonight I have a guest and I don't actually have a broadcast. So I'm hoping, against hope, that uh, that y'all can hear me. Can someone in the message room actually let me know if if you can hear me? I see people. Some people saying that they are waiting for the host to call in, or that they keep getting the commercial. I'm hoping that people can hear me. Or if you're on hold, if you're on one of the lines on hold, and uh, you want to join me and let me know that you can hear me, that would be awesome as well. Because otherwise, I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Okay. So at least Mickey, I know Mickey is out there, and Mickey can hear me because Mickey has indicated as much. Uh, apparently there are some big tech, technical difficulties going on this evening. Hopefully that will not prevent tonight's uh, guest from calling in. Again, the number is, oh, my God, I almost read my guest number. Uh, I was going to give you my guest number, the number that I know to look for <laughs> for when they call in. I almost said, ah, and the number is, and gave you their number. Wouldn't that be uh, problematic. Again, the number here to call in is 347-989-0685. If you want to talk to me, just push the number one, and I will uh, take your call. Uh, Apparently, a lot of people are having difficulty hearing, and I apologize for that. Hopefully, you'll come back later and listen in in the archive and uh, be able to hear it there. Uh, as I said, the next issue coming up is our summer preview issue. That should be going on sale very soon. Right now, we're going to move to the phone line, take our first caller here. It is 718. 718, you're on the line. What's up? 718, can you hear me? Oh, this is not going well. Let's try this one. I have a bad feeling we're having some major difficulties tonight. Uh, 325, 325, you're on the air. Can you hear me? That might be me. That is you. Thank goodness. All right. Something is going right this evening. Who is this? How about that? This is Patty. Hi, Patty. Guess How are what you? I got in my mail today, oh, you Richard. Got it? Oh, you know yes. what I meant to, for those of you who don't know, this is Patty. Um, she really went above and beyond when I was doing the AIDS walk a couple weeks ago. She rallied around me and uh, was just was just incredibly generous and I was really happy because I was also running a contest where we were putting the names of all my donors into a hat, and my my office wife drew the name, and and I can't tell you how happy I was that Patty's name was the one who won because she was so super generous, and it was really cool. So uh, I had sent her off her package, and I meant to ask you today if you had gotten it, because as you know, I sent Charlie to the post office with it, and Charlie is not always the most reliable person on the planet, so who knew if it was actually mailed or not? So I'm glad you got it. But you also have to remember, I'm living in texas we are flooded in texas i was shocked when i got it today because i still haven't gotten last week's cbs book yet (laughs) how how are you guys doing we're doing fine um i'm not in the flooded area per se um a lot of the areas around me are we got it um 
In fact, when I hung uh, a week ago tonight, we got it real bad, and we did flood. Um, in fact, ABC News called me. <laughs> To see really? what I was doing, and the and the Weather Channel called me to see how we were doing. Ah, <laughs> oh, the joys of Twitter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, Patty, I'm so sorry. You know, I I I hope that everyone you know and you know and all your family and stuff are all. Uh, you know, I didn't even think about it. I knew you were in Texas because, of course, I put the the mailing label on the package when I sent it, but I didn't. Right. I didn't connect the dots. You know what I mean? And I didn't connect it either when you said you were sending Charlie, you know, to the post office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy uh, your little But anyhow, it, it, yeah, no, I, we're I doing fine, it. and it arrived here safe and sound. I just got back over from my neighbors, and it was sitting on my porch, and I'm like, and I opened the box up real quick because I had like five minutes before y'all started. And I'm just thrilled with everything. I can't wait wait to wear my bold and beautiful baseball cap. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. And I think every other soap should listen to this and hear me because bold and beautiful, not only is it, you know, a really awesome show, but they also, they send out the best swag. I mean, I have gotten over the years from them, I have gotten an awesome book bag, not like some cheap book bag, some really, really nice book bag. I got a great beach towel. I've gotten sweaters. I've gotten t-shirts. I I actually, when I was on a cruise last year, I sent out pictures to Eva, the the, the publicist at Bold and Beautiful, showing that I had my Bold and Beautiful backpack and my Bold and Beautiful beach towel on the trip with me. They sent out the best stuff. (laughs) Really, I mean, it, it was, and and I can't wait until I get into the brownie brittle. Oh, yeah. You have you had it before? No. Well, I've only ready. heard about it because of you, so I'm just really anxious to get into it after we get off the phone tonight. Okay, well, let yeah. me tell you something. Be prepared because you are going to start selling belongings on eBay in order to finance your new brownie brittle addiction. It is crap. Oh, really? It is, it is the most – I blame Dan. Dan got me hooked on it. Uh, by the way, for those of you who think that you know who tonight's guest is and think that it's Dan because, you know, Dan is such a frequent guest here, it is not Dan because Dan has never resided in a soap opera town – and our guest tonight has resided in a soap opera town. So, uh, oh my! Now, now, what do you think of the soaps these days? How, how did you? How did May Sweeps do for you? Um, I really enjoyed the live episodes of General Hospital. The two live episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really have to give the actors credit because what they taped live. Trying, I mean, because they were basically backtracking because they had already taped, what, maybe four or five weeks in advance. So they knew stuff that was coming out that they had already, you know, recorded. And then to do it live, um, for example, the the Franco and and Nina wedding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, to Rick... And for them to know that what Rick's real agenda was, but then to have to do it live and not know what his real agenda was, or if it was, you know, maybe it was really a, you know, Franco's nightmare. Yeah. I agree. I thought, you know, when I didn't think about that aspect for a long time, you know, I knew they were doing the live episodes, and then it wasn't really until probably the day of the live episode that I was talking to one of the actors. And and it suddenly clicked into me. Wait a minute, you're like you're like three. You know they, they film about three weeks ahead. I said so. You film three weeks ahead, and now you have to go all the way back and like exactly. That's what I was thinking. You know, and I'm was. like, I couldn't. You know, and I didn't think about it on the Friday show, but as because I I DVR everything and go back over the weekend and, and watch again because I'm so addicted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so bad. But um, then when I was watching the Monday show, and I'm like, damn, these guys already know what's going to be coming down the line. How are they being able to act so good on this without, you know, no, acting that's... like they didn't know? 
not only that, I was so impressed. That, the other thing that really impressed me was that they did it twice in a row. You know, because they yeah. both Friday and Monday they they went live at two o'clock Eastern time and they went live at three o'clock Eastern time. And I thought to do that and then turn around, reset, and do it all again in that short a period of time was exactly absolutely fascinating to me. And what was fun on the Friday show is that here in Texas, at least at my place in Texas, I get the 1 o'clock show. And then you talk, on, or the, uh, well, it's 1 o'clock to me, 2 o'clock show for you guys. Right. Um, and then you talked about the 3 o'clock show on Twitter. And on the um, ABC app, they showed the 3 o'clock show. And I had on my DVR the two o'clock show, and the differences. I mean, it, it, it. I really cracked up. Yeah, it was fun. I wondered about that. Did you? I, I didn't actually watch both. I only watched the three o'clock show. Did you notice a lot of differences? I did on the Friday show. I didn't on Monday, but I did on the Friday show. In fact, there's something on YouTube that shows about seven minutes worth of differences of the two. Episodes. Oh, I'll have to look that up. I'd like. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I. I think it was uh, Kylio that, um, or however you pronounce his name on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, that had posted it. I will definitely have to check it, that out because that I that I I actually meant to sort of watch both, but it's just you know it's a it's a crazy time of year for us too. So I didn't. I didn't oh, definitely really wasn't able to. Right. I'm also really enjoying um, the bold and the beautiful, whether it's May sweeps or not, this whole Maya thing mm-hmm. and the way they are presenting it. I I am so impressed with uh, with Bell. I mean, Brad, right? He's doing such a fantastic job, not sensationalizing it, even though dollar bill is no <laughs> well and you know what that to me is one of the one of the things that really makes this story work is that bill is being bill you know and it's very exactly. easy when you write this kind of story young and the restless um uh, you know young and the restless over the years did many 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 uh, uh, social issue stories especially when like you know they did a lot of stuff with cricket and nina over the years um and their social issue stories always sort of came off like like someone was reading from a pamphlet because everything was so politically correct. And I love that the bold and beautiful had Bill be Bill and spout the non-political, di- non-politically correct dialogue that he did because it was real. You know, like some people would have that attitude. And it's and yes. how much more timely can you be with all of this? You know, with Caitlyn Jenner today. And yes, it, it, it's amazing. And yeah, exactly, exactly. I was thrilled, as you said earlier on days with I, True O'Brien just rocked it last week. And weren't you shocked? Weren't you like, where I the was. heck has this been? <laughs> exactly, you know, because everyone's like, you know, for months, you know, God, get rid of Paige, you know, they were calling her beige, you know, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And boy, she just, she came out, you know, she is quite the actress. You know, My I've goodness. seen that happen. I've seen that happen a couple of times. For example, the first season of Dallas, not you know the the, the Dallas TNT reboot, when they had um, Cliff Barnes's daughter come on as like you know this very nice girl, and she oh was, yeah, you know, she was okay. But then when they made her a bad girl, she was amazing. Same thing happened um, on Gotham over the course of this season with with Barbara Gordon, where you know I wasn't really all that interested in her when she was a good. Then at the end of the season, they started like connecting her with this psycho, and she. And she was amazing. So it's it's funny how often once you let a, let an actress really cut loose, you see just how fantastic and talented they really are. Oh yeah, you know that's like Donna Mills today on on General Hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, and Donna Mills is is fascinating anyhow. But I mean, just the way she plays. Yeah, she is. I mean, oh, she really she put Rick in his place. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I like what um, she said to him. 
sit your ass down. Down. Like, that's Abby Ewing coming out right there. She's here to play. You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. Um, Young and the Restless, I'm not thrilled with what's going on there right now. I mean, yeah, I, you know, there's some things, okay, but I'm just, I'm not thrilled with what Mr. Pratt, Platt is doing with, I mean, they're ruining it for me. It's funny because I hear that. But over that's and my over opinion, again. you know. I, no, I agree. I hear it over and over again. There are things that I definitely don't like as well. What I'm interested in is keeping an eye on the ratings, you know, because that's what matters. And what's weird to me is I keep, you know, I've been saying, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this. And then I look at the ratings, like the new ratings came out, uh, I think, Saturday. For, yeah, and, and I couldn't like believe that they the were doing the so month. good. Yeah. Yeah, they're up over they're up over half a million from last year. I mean, they lost some viewers this week compared to last week, but not not what I would have expected given the the level of 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 you know what seems to be viewer outrage. But what might be happening is longtime viewers might be tuning out and new viewers are tuning in. And if that's the case, I mean, I don't like that, but that's what they want. So you know, yeah. if that's the case, then then it's it's tough. You know, it's really really tough because. I, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, they are doing a lot of things that to me aren't necessarily what I consider to be good soap opera. But if they come in and they and they take, you know, a show that's already a success and make the ratings go higher, what do you say? You know, do you say, oh, my God, exactly. everything, I've ever known about, everything I ever thought I knew about soap operas is wrong? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Right. It just... It's tough. Anyhow, I know you've got other people that probably want to talk to you. Well, listen, Patty, I want to thank you so much for your support for during the AIDS walk. I'm going to call your, in, just, and I will tell you about my experience about 25-plus years ago when I was on set of One Life to Live. Oh, my gosh. Call me next week. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. I'll be in touch with Twitter. We'll talk to you okay, soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Thanks, Patty. Um, all right, bye-bye. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so glad that she got her package. I didn't even think about the fact that she's in Texas. Uh, 218, you're on the air. We've got just a couple minutes here before I bring on our very special guest. Who, do, who am I talking to and what's on your mind? This is Sharon, Richard. How are you today? Hey, Sharon. I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, you were talking about ratings a minute ago, and it's always been kind of I've cu- always been curious as to how the ratings are accumulated. And I've heard different stories, and one of the things I have heard, and please straighten me out on it if you know, that Young and Restless's ratings are always so high because they are viewed in other countries, and those countries are counted where they're not on the other shows. Any truth to that at all? Uh, I, I'm sorry. What was the question? I, hold on. One, I'm sorry. I've got um, I've got our guest talking to me uh, on on a, a message and saying that they're having trouble getting in. Uh, I'm just going to text them while we talk. What was your question again? Well, I have heard from a couple of different sources that. The reason that the Y&R ratings are always so much higher than the other shows is because they're broadcast in other countries and the ratings or the viewership in the other countries is counted in that percentage where no, the other no, shows no, no, are no, no, not. No, not true okay. at all. Um, first of all, if that was true, The Bold and the Beautiful would be far higher rated because The Bold and the Beautiful is the show with the highest ratings. Um, um, and I mean, and, I mean, the Bold and Beautiful is a show that has um, the bigger international market. It's huge. It's it's you know shown all over the world. So if that were true, if they were counting international ratings, then uh, it would be the Bold and the Beautiful would be the number one show. Um, so yeah, now I've heard that too, and I I don't know where that comes from. Uh, you know, or it, sometimes you can figure out where like an urban legend comes from, but that one I cannot <laughs> figure out for the life of me where it comes from. Well, that's good to know. I I appreciate that. Um, your last caller was talking about the live shows for General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I enjoyed them, and yes, I did see the differences in the YouTube clip between the first and the second um, 
day one shows, and there were obvious differences. I think maybe because the first one they might have been a little nervous, and by the second go-round they had relaxed a little bit. But one thing I did appreciate, um, I don't know who planned it, whether it was Frank or, or whoever backstage, but they did the Periscope tour yeah, in yeah. between during the commercial breaks. I was fascinated with that because I have always wanted to take a tour of the studio. And this kind of gave us a bird's eye view of how the sets are, are set up and, and lined up and how the, the thing is, is all done. And I got a whole new appreciation for what they deal with every day. I agree. I thought that was, I don't know exactly whose idea that was, whether it was, you know, Frank or someone, Nathan Barney or someone else behind the scenes, but I thought that was such a cool, cool, cool idea. I was really, um, uh, you know, and I thought it was interesting that they also used it to break news because they actually used it to, you know, announce that it was, uh, that Sean Blakemore was leaving. And, and of course, this was another one of those situations where he had already filmed his last episodes, like, you know, I think a week earlier or something, but came back for the live episode. So, um, yeah, that was really neat. Um, Sharon, I'm going to let you go ahead. Please, please. Sorry, I have to cut you short. I have a. I usually don't have a guest, but I'm having a guest tonight, and I want to get to them. I'm. I can't really tell if this is them or not, but we're going to take a guess now. If if in a moment, guest, I'm going to say, "Is this you?" And if it's you, respond yes, but don't say anything else, and then I'll introduce you because that's how modern technology is working tonight. Special guest, is this you? Yes. Okay, perfect. It's coming up not under your phone number. So, okay, guys, um, I am I am really really excited about this. So, um, I have wanted to do this for a while because um, our our guest tonight uh, made a really big impression on me almost immediately upon first appearing in Genoa City. Uh, I am sad to say that our guest this evening also made a very big impression on me when they died recently in Genoa City. Um, so in case you haven't guessed, our guest tonight is Jeffrey Todd, who played Tobias. The He went from the adorable uh, lab geek who was working with Ashley to uh, to making one of my favorite recent drunk scenes to <laughs> dying after uttering only one word. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us for a bit. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You've been amazing to me, so it's my honor to be talking to you here. Uh, well, you, you, you know, I've got to say, you're one of those people who there, there are there are people uh, in the acting community who really know how to use social media well. You know, um, you are you have been a really um, good advocate for the show. You know, you're fun, you're interactive, you talk to fans, you talk to me, we talk to each other. You know, and I think I think that's so important that that um, it really helps build the sense of community when you can have actors who are interacting with the fans via Twitter. Uh, so kudos to you. Well, thank you. You know, actually, I didn't really even have a Twitter account before I did Young and the Restless, and so that was all very new to me, and so um, I'm glad I am doing it well because I've just uh, been learning as I go. Well, okay, I have to ask you, before we even talk about the Young and the Restless, what was it like, because this this just seems, this is something I have dreamed of doing and you got to do it. What was okay. it like to be a bartender on what's, Watch What Happens <laughs> Well, that was pretty amazing. That was pretty surreal. And uh, I have to say that it was a coup that it, it even worked out. And um, it turns out that I have one of my college friends uh, works on the show. And um, he suggested it. And I, of course, was thrilled. And it worked out perfectly because it was literally a week after my kind of original send-off from Young and the Restless. So it was a great way to take advantage of that and also be re- reunited with Eileen, who's been just the best co-star and scene partner. Um, it was great. It was kind of crazy because it was in the middle of like the blizzard of 2015 and uh, it wasn't so live. We actually taped it. It was supposed to air on Monday, Monday night. Um, we taped it Monday afternoon. 
is Eileen Davidson as amazing as she seems? I have told, I, I tweeted her. Said, I yeah. said uh, after one episode or something, I said, I said, you know what? I, I want Eileen Davidson to be like my best friend. I want to go drinking <laughs> with her. I want to hang out with her all the time. And she tweeted me back and she said, well, I'm here. Come over. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, there's there's about three thousand miles between us. But other than that, is she as awesome as she seems? She is, and I'll and I'll give you a perfect example. So my very first day, you know. I'm excited, but I'm, you know, nervous. It's like first day of school. And I report to the makeup and hair room, and there she is. And I don't know if you know my history, but I actually used to intern for Young and the Restless um, many moons ago. So I'm very familiar with the show and uh, a big fan of, of hers and, and a huge fan. I'm a geek for all the Housewife uh, franchises, so it was pretty cool to meet her. <laughs> and, and right away she says, are you playing Tobias? And I said, yes. And she goes, great. Do you want to run some lines? And we just sat there and we ran lines. And, um, and it turns out I have a friend that works on um, Housewives with her, who's like her line, um, her segment producer. And so he already talked about me. And so she was just very familiar with me and she knew all about me. And it was just, I couldn't have been a more um, welcoming experience. And that was the first person that I really met. So she's awesome. She's effing that's awesome. Also, that's <laughs> also got to be kind of great having, you know, when you when you join a soap, no matter how long you're going to be on it, whether you're there as a as a you know background player or you're joining as a new uh, uh, contract player, everybody has that first day, and that mm-hmm. first day you're walking into a set full of people who many of whom have worked together for 10, sometimes 20 or more years. And here you are, this new person strutting in who doesn't know anybody, doesn't know anything. So it's got to be nice that your first encounter, the first person you encounter is someone that, you know, sort of cool and welcoming. Absolutely. And I'll tell you the truth. Everyone is like that. And I, my like everybody's one big happy family. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone that I've encountered, I guess I should say. Um, but <laughs> so I can't speak for everybody. But honestly, uh, the most—I'll tell you what. Like my last on on my last shoot day on, on the big drunken um, party scene, where I got to literally do my scenes in front of the entire cast. I mean, talk about um, being nervous. But everyone, Christoph. Uh, Peter, of course, Eileen, Eric, they all came up to me afterwards and, you know, congratulated me on my work and, you know, were very complimentary and supportive. And that has been my experience. There's really no ego. I mean, people, some people know their characters and they're sort of, they're sort of in that world and, and uh, they're very present, you know, in the scenes, Mm -hmm. but, but, but no one, I've not encountered anyone who is a diva or, you know, negative, everyone has been, you know, they've been there before, you know, and they know how, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love the lady who was talking about the periscoping and seeing the behind the scenes. What people mm-hmm. don't realize about behind the scenes is that it's, it's rough, it's fast, and it's furious, and, you know, you get one rehearsal, one take, maybe two, if, like, you know, the light fell or something, but <laughs> other than that, it's like you go, and um, everyone knows that, and everyone respects that, and if you come in, Knowing your stuff, I mean, the respect level you you receive just goes up, you know. And I always showed up really on top of it and ready to go, and especially working opposite of Eric. And I just think I established that I was, you know, serious and ready, and and I got that back. And so it was it was lovely. I actually missed them. It was just a great place to go to work. When when Tobias left the first time, after he was exposed as being the <laughs> adorable lab rat that he is and being a spy, did you did they tell you at that time? Oh, by the way, you're going to come back, or was that sort of a surprise to you? No, it was such a surprise. surprise. I actually <laughs> I was surprised that I was actually written off so soon, to be honest, because uh, initially I was I didn't I, I wasn't given a number of episodes. It was all sort of nebulous, but I was told it would right. be sort of a. a even even you were the first person to report, and my mom still has the printout on her bulletin board <laughs> and uh, kitchen, by the way. But that would be uh, uh, you know uh, extensive, recurring, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So when I read that script that I was being fired, I was kind of surprised. But the casting director uh, Judy told me, you know, we, you never know, you never know. So. That's all I knew, and even on my last day, I was sort of a little eeyore about it because I was really sad to go because I had such, such a great time. And uh, you know, the producers, as I was saying my goodbyes, you know, everyone said, "Well, it's, it's 
never a goodbye. It's just, you know, a so long, you know, and that was, I lived with that. Um, I was, I thought I was lying to myself. So I kind of made myself believe <laughs> that I would come back <laughs> wishful thinking. And if people asked me, I would say, Oh yeah, you know, I'm still recurring. So, you know, any, any time, you know, whenever they need me, I'm, I'm available. Um, so when they called me three months ago to, you know, um, get me signed on, it was a huge surprise. And by the way, big secret, I wasn't even allowed to tell my mom. So they take it very seriously over at Young the Restless, and it was a, it was a real big reveal. And uh, I wasn't allowed to speak to anybody, except, of course, my manager who, who uh, called me with the offer. Um, but uh, it was very hush-hush, my return. Which, is, which makes it even fun. I'm a big fan of, I mean, I'm old school. I've been watching soaps for, you know, more years, many more years than you've been alive. And, and for me, one of the things that, that makes it fun is when they can do something that catches people off guard. I mean, I know, you know, you know I was tweeting that day, as, as I do most days, and, and when Tobias walked on, I was floored because I, really, <laughs> you know, I did not expect to see Tobias again. And I, and, yeah. and I mean, and now, I, I have to tell you, and I'm sure you already know this, there were, um, there were some people out there shipping the idea of a Tobias Abbey kind of thing. They even started calling you guys Tabby. I don't know, maybe you started. Toby, I don't know. Toby. Uh, uh, Toby, right, right, right. right. <laughs> Uh, uh, that would have been that would have been kind of sweet. I mean, there was some, there was some fun there. Definitely, trust me. Every day I went to work, I uh, Tobias tried to flirt with Abby, <laughs> <laughs> and they never quite made it on camera. They were never quite cut to my what. Did the voice of God, you know, uh, whoever was in the booth that day, say, "Um, what are you doing, Jeffrey? You're not supposed to be flirting with her." No, I don't think anyone ever noticed. It was my subtext, but um, you know, and that, she did, and, she, and of course, of course, uh, Mel didn't notice either. So bless her. She was she, she's very nice, but uh, you know, it wasn't in the script. It wasn't in, it wasn't at all intended subtext. So my you know my little looks and stuff never quite registered on anybody really. So <laughs> you know, what the things we do pretty- to uh, to stick around, you know. They must have at least registered on part of the audience because there were people out there shipping it. So you know you got it. You got you got that going. That's true. But I, you know I think they I think they obviously had uh, uh, different plans you know down the line. So, but uh, the, the uh, casting director always said you know we got to get you either married or related. So you know <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> the uh, the drunk scene, the infamous yes. drunk scene, climbing up on top of the bar. Doing a drunk scene now. First of all, you know soaps are very well known for their for their party scenes in which someone comes in drunk and makes a scene. And I have to say, you did the genre proud. Oh, How thank do you. Prepare you. for something like that. Well, you know what? Uh, well, two things. One, I was I was kind of horrified because, well, a you know I read the script and I knew that um, Melody was already doing a drunk thing. And so I didn't want mm-hmm. to be belligerent, you know, and also, you know, I didn't want to be comical. I didn't want to, I mean, I kind of was, and I think that that's what I loved about Tobias, that he, he had so many different edges. And one of them was, a, was a little bit of a, a comedic edge, which I love that the writers put that in there. Um, so that was definitely there, but I didn't want to go overboard and I didn't want to come off as a schmackter. And so I was a little concerned about that. Um, but Owen was very clear with me when I came in for my, um, previous episode that he definitely wanted it to be sort of big and drunk. Um, so my dear friend, Kelly Sullivan, um, and I got together and, you know, we really worked the material and um, came up with a lot of stuff and really kind of dug in. You know, we, we did acting 101 and we went, you know, to, you know, what was really at stake and what was really happening. And so I didn't go in to play drunk. I really went in to play the scene and that sounds like a really cheesy actor, but that's what I did, and um, I'm glad it came off well. Oh, it was fantastic! It was it was it was so much fun. And the funny thing is, it was an important moment. Obviously, it was a very very big moment. 
but at the same time, it was also just wildly entertaining. And that's, you know, let's face it, that's what people tune into soaps for, is to be entertained. Right. And that's exactly what they got out of it. You, you used a term that I have not heard before. I believe you called it smackter? Schmacting. Schmacting. That's, what is schmacting? <laughs> You've never heard of the term before? I have never heard of this. I've heard of smizings on American Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> a a schmactor is someone who is sort of like, you know, overacting or is like literally being like a caricature or oh. um, you know, chewing the chewing the scenery and um just basically an unbelievable and over the top. So, I didn't want to do that cuz I knew it was I would ride the line and um you know, my initial uh my instinct was to kind of make it a little Less, I was, you know, but but Owen definitely wanted it bigger, and because I had done the work with Kelly and really worked with the script and you know really knew it knew it inside out and, and knew what I was trying to say, what my intentions were, that I was okay going for it, you know, because I felt very secure and, and grounded in what I was trying to get across. So I was able to have fun, which I had to because it was going to be really if I went in there just you know knowing my lines and just kind of just going for it. Uh, doing it in front of all those people would have been just a disaster. So I wanted to make sure that I was ready and game and, um, you know, unshakable. You know, over the course of just a few episodes, you got to do both a drunk scene and a death scene. I mean, <laughs> first of all, talk about amazing for a real, you know? I mean, oh, I've, yeah. I've got these two amazing things within a couple of episodes. But also there there are two things that, you know – now, granted, actors don't necessarily want to play death scenes on soaps because, well, that means dead. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, it's a great emotional challenge. How did you prepare for that? Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Everyone you know, keeps saying, oh, I'm so sorry. And I go, don't be sorry. That I, it was like an actor's dream come true to come back to the soap that I thought I was already sort of off. So to be invited back to be sent off that way was just a gift. And so I'm so thankful to Chuck Pratt and the writing team and the, and the entire producing team for believing in me enough to bring me back to kind of end my story, you know, and, and with that kind of arc, which was such, such a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't prepare all that much for that, that much. I mean, I just kind of, I was laying in bed and just feeling the pain and feeling the re regret and, uh, in, in my estimation, Tobias was sort of really weighed down by life choices, and, and I so desperately tried to get people to know the truth and to uh, expose everything that was happening, and I had a lot of guilt on my conscience, and I was just using that and just trying to get it out, and uh, Owen was like, you are like hemorrhaging inside and it's, you know, you're on death. <laughs> My first, you know, I told you we get one rehearsal and one take. So in the rehearsal, or actually the first scene where I say, you need to know. Owen said, that's a little, that's a little too much energy in that one. So <laughs> you're dying here. You're dying. <laughs> so on my final scene, it was very much like I used every ounce of energy and strength I had just to get those, words out and I was you couldn't see it because I was kind of physically doing it too but I was like very constricted and I was like my hands were very you know, tense like the whole body was very tense, yeah. very like you know almost like you were you were uh, uh, it was almost like uh sort of pushing up against someone that was holding you down yeah I thought it was very, very well cool. I'm, I'm glad that read you know and I was and I was kind of uh had tears of regret in my eyes I just I wanted them to know I couldn't, I couldn't leave this planet without uh, getting it off my chest. And do you know I what? I thought you had makeup in your eye. I mean, you got, you know, you got to wear all the dead people makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I have done a TV show where I had the cry on cue and they definitely blew uh, menthol crystals in my eye. That does happen, but this was not one of them. Really? Menthol crystals. <laughs> it See, was a, we it was a show so I did with here tonight. I know it was a show I did with Hank Azaria called Free Agents, which lasted like four episodes. I was on the fourth episode, and uh, I had to cry on cue, but it was a comedic, you know, kind of scene. And my scene partner kept kind of missing the mark, and so we kept doing it over and over again. And you know, 
we literally took 20 takes. And so the makeup people were kind enough to use this secret that I didn't even know about, but they, it's a contraption that has like menthol inside of it and they blow it in your eyes. And then like, you know, within 10 seconds you water up and you cry. And after the 20th take, Hank Azaria leaned over to me and goes, sure beats doing the real thing, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute. My, my housemate, Charlie and Gary would tell you, it's a running joke in our house that if it's on television, I've seen it. Uh, no matter what it is, I have watched it because I, I do watch a lot of television. <laughs> I have never heard of this show. What, what was this show? <laughs> uh, it was on NBC. It, Hank Azaria and uh, Todd Holland was the uh, creator and original director. And uh, it was about uh, these Hank Azaria and this woman who were working in, a, in like an advertising agency, but they were also lovers, and it was – them it was a workplace comedy. It was just did it not work. I thought it was, was it good. Really good. I thought I it mean, was come good. on, let's face it. Let's face it. A lot of bad things get on television. It was I'm good. Just, it just, I think, just, I think, it just people weren't ready for it. It missed the mark, and it didn't get very good ratings. And um, yeah, it yeah, was just and, and what really sucks is you were in yeah. the fourth of four episodes. So it's not even like you were in that first episode where everybody's sampling it. You know, you're like, you're in the fourth episode where it's just kind of like limping. To, well, what's funny is week. it was supposed to be canceled after the third episode, and then they decided to release the fourth episode. So I was lucky enough to make the air. And they had shot like eight. So I'm one of the lucky ones that got their episode aired. You know, it happened. So basically you are, you know, you are a lucky charm. I mean, you you <laughs> get written off the Young and Russell's, and then you get brought back to, you know, you, you die, sure, but you get brought back. You're on a show. They're only supposed to air three episodes. They air four and another <laughs> three-year episode. So if I am, if you're an if you're an actor out there listening to this, you know, you really should want to op- work opposite Jeffrey because apparently he can get your life extended. Well, I I, I like your positivity. Very good. I'll use that. <laughs> so what else you got going on these days? Well, right now I'm um, doing this amazing show. Uh, it's called Romeo and Juliet. Love is a Battlefield, and it's Romeo and Juliet meets the music of Pat Benatar. And we're doing it at this amazing space in L.A. in Los Feliz called Rockwell. And it's, it stars Corbin Blue from High School Musical and um, Ashley Argata, who is on The Fosters on ABC Family. And um, actually, the creator and um, executive producer of The Fosters, Bradley Bredewig, uh created it and wrote it and directed it. So it's a really great um, theatrical piece that's been running in L.A. for a while. We just reopened, and we're running through August, and it's been getting great response, and um, it's a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Theater is, you know, I, theater is kind of where I got my training, and... Uh, What's really cool about Young and the Restless and, and Judy Bly Wilson in particular, our, our casting director, is they love theater actors because mm-hmm. they know that they're, um, they're fast and um, they can pick things up and, they, and, they, and they're, they've studied their craft and you know, they're diligent. I don't know if you know this, but Kelly Sullivan is a huge, um, was a huge Broadway actress. She did Young mm-hmm. Frankenstein, the musical, and a lot of them have theater background. And um, Judith Chapman, who have... I really wish I worked with, but I have not. She does a lot of theater, so it's it's cool. So it's cool to check back gotten, in and yeah. Have you gotten to see um, Judith Chapman's uh, uh, Vivian? I the name of the show. Yeah. yeah. Have you gotten to see it? I have not. I have not. I, I haven't either. I'm dying to. It sounds incredible. I mean, I think she's great. So um, yeah, I've not seen that, but I, I I've. Yeah, I, w- I would like to as well. I'm sure she's wonderful. I hear I she's hoping wonderful. that they, they bring it to New York. I think that's one of the I think that's one of the worst things about you know obviously there's a lot of bad things about all uh, you know so many of the shows being canceled. But one of the worst is that there is no longer there are no longer New York based soaps, and it, it, it was always kind of great for New York based soap actors that they could do Broadway you know and do the soaps at the same time. Oh right. Is it? Do you see the same thing sort of in L.A.? Like is I, I don't really know that much about the L.A. theater scene to be honest. Um, well it kind of is. I mean the cool thing about being on a soap again a little behind the scenes peak but it's a really great job. It's a, I mean it, it's like regular office hours like you uh, rarely are you out past seven 
and um, if you're called in early, maybe you're called in around 6 in the morning, but they shoot four days a week, and um, and it's if you're doing a night show, I mean, it's like so convenient, you know, where, and uh, uh, you have Friday through Sunday off, so it's pretty so I'm cool. Assuming, I'm assuming if you shoot four, day, uh, four days a week, then you're shooting more than one episode a day. Yeah, well, that's what's crazy. Here's another here's another um, peak. This is for that for that viewer and everyone else, <laughs> but um, they shoot up to like you know three episodes a day. My my very first my very first um, day that I shot, um, <clears throat> I actually shot two episodes um, because they they film according to the set. So if they like, for instance, they film all the if they have some, if they have crimson lights scenes, you know, over a course of several episodes, they will just shoot those episodes all in like in one day, and then they'll you know, so that way it, it's economical. It's you know you get in and out. Um, and there's not a lot of um, redundancy. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so you could be like, you know, doing one scene, but you're actually like, you know, two days ahead or something. And so you have, to, yeah, kind of have to keep, you know, keep your mind in the game. But yeah, it's crazy. I were mean, you, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine. Were you familiar with the show before you joined? Yeah, like I said, I when I was um, oh, well, nineteen, like you, you, you I interned. Interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, these I'm, I'm about to out myself for my age, but I interned <laughs> the summer of 1999. <laughs> um, I tried to help you out as best I could. <laughs> I know it's okay, it's okay. Um, I look young, but uh, yeah. So I interned that summer, and uh, you know, Eric was on, and of course Melody, and and um, and uh, it was a lot of different people. But you know, um, Patty, our makeup lead, was was there then and um it was great I mean, it was really fun and part of what i think made my transition easy was that i got to witness from from uh, in the booth watching them film the shows and and uh how different people worked and i knew how how eric braden worked and i always like really sat in my mind because i thought it was very interesting but he's very he's so he's so in character all the time and sometimes especially in rehearsals, like, you know, the scene may end, but he'll keep going. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think that, you know, he'll, he'll improv or, he, or you know, or he might change a line because of the moment it feels better. And so you're always on your toes. And I think if, if, if you're not prepared for that, that can really throw you off. But if you're ready for it, which I was, it's kind of exciting and fun. So Have you ever done improv? Yeah, I've done improv. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with that, especially like within the context of you know a scene. Um, I'm sort of a disaster when it comes to comedic improv, but <laughs> but like but within the scene, you know, in the context of whatever, if if you're comfortable enough and you know you know what your intentions are and you know where where the scene is going, you know, and you're and you're present, then which is what what your theater background training is essential for. That when when Eric is there and he starts kind of throwing things at you. You know, instead of freezing and like going, uh, wait, what, what? You throw it back, and then that was what was so fun with working with him. And um, after you know my second and third time doing scenes with him, he realized that I was game and and totally available to you know do that with him, and he really enjoyed that. So that's I think we had some nice chemistry. It was fun. I completely agree. Carla Mosley, who plays uh, Maya on The Bold and the Beautiful, uh, recently said. But one of the most important things, you know, when you think of acting, you think of emoting and speaking and all that. She said, but one of the things that truly, truly good actors do is stay in character and listen, you know, so that yeah. they are reacting to what the person opposite them said it instead of just standing there waiting for their next line. And, oh, you know, the most important thing to do is listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, Especially on a soap because, uh, you know, it's so fast, and sometimes, you know, people skip lines or, you know, whatever happens, and, you know, if you're waiting for your cue line, per se, you know, you're the one that's going to look like an idiot, when, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So it's great, and everyone on that show is 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 like that. I'll tell you what, Kristoff is amazing, and I loved working with him on, on that last episode, and, I again, I wish I would have had more opportunities, but... Um, we had a love fest afterwards because I was like, man, you're so present. Thank you for being such a generous actor. And he said the same thing to me. And it was just, 
it's so great to work with really quality professional people, especially on on that show. And there were so many of them who were just so at the top of their game and you know so talented. I think I think soap opera actors are often underestimated and um, undervalued. I mean, they're they're pretty mm-hmm. amazing. I have to assume that if another soap came knocking on your door, you'd say, I'm coming on in. Uh, <laughs> without a doubt. I really have so enjoyed my experience on Young and the Restless that I would be 100% game to do another one. I never thought yeah, in all my training and all my years, being on a soap opera was never kind of on the periphery. I never quite imagined that, you know, uh, because I don't see myself as being – you know, the, the hunky leading man. Um, so it's kind of trippy to have been on the show and to have been so well-received well and to just be comfortable with it. So I just, I would love to try it again. Well, Jeffrey, I really want to thank you so, so much for um, coming on. I hope we'll continue to see you on the Twitterverse, and I hope that very soon we'll see you <laughs> uh, on another show because I think, um, I think you know, it's interesting you say that you didn't, ever really see yourself going in, in on soaps because, you know, not leading man, whatever. But I think that that so has changed over the last few years. You know, you look I at agree. actors like, uh, like, you know, you look at actors like uh, Bradford Anderson, uh, who aren't your traditional, you know, soap leading men. Same thing with women. There are many women on soaps now that weren't necessarily your traditional type 10, 20 years ago. And I think that it's more fun to have, Good actors who are, and, and you know what? Oh my God, this is so awful because this makes it sound. This makes us sound like we're sitting here saying, "Oh, you poor unattractive thing," you know. And you're not. <laughs> it's not like you're not. It's not like you're unattractive, you know. Oh, the poor thing. He lived. <laughs> poor happen? flower. <laughs> poor, poor thing. No, you know uh, what I mean, and I know what you mean. Exactly, but I think I think that you know when you have I I I think I would rather have a really quirky good actor who is into it in the moment and, and, and loves what he's doing than someone who, you know, who has six-pack abs and is flat as a board, but, you know, acting-wise. I'm right, screwing right. this whole thing up. This is uh, the worst to use your words. Use your words. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am just so grateful to you, and you you were the first person to, like, get the news out, and you have been such an advocate from day one, and I love tweeting back and forth with you. You're, you you've made this experience so fun, and uh, I have to say that you and then the viewers and the fans are just the best. And um, this sort of interaction is what has made this experience so wonderful and memorable. And so, thank you to you, and um, thank you for having me on the show. And this was more fun than I could have imagined. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, you know, we try and make it as good as an experience as possible. And um, where can people keep up with you uh, as as we wait to see where you land? Well, um, of course, on Twitter at, at Jeffrey Todd with one D. Uh, and uh, my website is JeffreyChristopherTodd.com. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm active on the Twitter was it called the Twitterverse? Is that what it's called? The Twitter machine. Active on the Twitter machine, <laughs> as my grandpa said. Uh, I mean, on the Twitter machine. I'm, I don't have as many followers as Caitlyn Jenner, but um, you know, please follow me and <laughs> we'll um, I try to be fun that. and what? We'll try and change that. <laughs> yes, I would love it. Please, please follow me on Twitter, and you'll have a fun time because I, I enjoy it, and uh, it's, it's good. All right. Well, for those of you just tuning in, that was Jeffrey Todd, who played Tobias, the adorable lab geek who came to a sad, sad, and although who knows, it is soap, so you never know, we might uh, see Tobias rise from the grave at some point down the line, or maybe he'll wind up on one of our other shows. But we will definitely keep up with Jeffrey and his future because um, he's a really fun guy and fun to talk to. So I want to thank everybody for um, dealing with the difficulties we had tonight. I know that um, people in the chat room were getting kicked out and couldn't hear, and uh, uh, the episode will be in the archive in in a couple hours. I think it goes up two or three hours afterwards. Uh, so thank you for putting up with the technical difficulties that go along with the cheap-ass nature of blog talk radio. Uh, I'm Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth, and as always, you can find me at Soaps in Depth ABC, Soaps in Depth CBS. My personal account 
is at How Rude Are You. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You pretty much can't hit the internet without finding me because I think I am on like 90% of it. I want to thank Jeffrey again for coming on. I want to thank all of you for being here. We'll be back again next week with a new episode, unless, of course, we're not for some reason. Uh, and remember, because it's soaps, what do you have to do? Tune in tomorrow. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.